Greetings and salutations, fellow Homo sapiens, and welcome to the OG Nerds podcast, where we talk about, I mean, the OG nerds, philosophers. So let's get right into this episode. Okay, so now we're going to talk about Hegel, who was another 19th century philosopher. So basically, Hegel was born in 1770 and died in 1831. He was 61 years old. He was German, also lived in Prussia. Uh, he mainly focused on metaphysics, so the essence of reality. So he was a monist, which means basically he believed in one reality, but he was also an idealist. So he really had an optimistic view on life. So he created the dialectic method, which we will discuss a little later on. And basically, he had the idea that no phenomenon exists in isolation. So basically, everything is in a process of existing. I have not, I am not completely existing yet. I am in the process of existing. So basically, he pointed out a lot of Kant's problems. Kant, imagine why. (laughs) Sorry. Basically, one of his faults was nominon is an empty abstraction. So the fact that something can be something in itself is like completely irrelevant. He was a very narcissistic person focusing on his self. So Kant's second fault was basically categories. They were not original and not distinct. So basically, they are dialect. They depend on each other. So hypothetical and categorical, di- or not dialects, um, imperatives relied on each other. So they were not distinct and independent. They relied on each other for each other. So um, he believed that all reality is a historical process. So all of reality, all of our history is leading up to some great moment, which have we figured that moment out yet? No, we have not, but we're here for a reason. So now basically we're gonna talk about dialectic. So this is like the pre, like the pre-K of the dialectic method. So like like pre-K gets you ready for school, the dialectic gets you ready for dialectic method. So basically, when learning dialectic, you can't make any assumptions. We can't assume that anything actually exists. That is not an assumption that can be made. We can't make any assumptions. So the next one is only the broadest notions possible are used to avoid assumptions and assertions without justification. So basically... We are living beings. Humans are living beings. We do not use the term humans because that is not broad enough. Everything on earth, like every living thing on earth is a living being. So for the sake of dialectic, we would not classify into humans, animals, mammals, insects, bugs, arachnids, all of these different things. We wouldn't do that. So, um, a general notion gives rise to other more specific notions. 
So now is where we go deeper into um, broad notions. So this is where we would say that living thing is a human. That living thing is a plant. That living thing is an animal. That thing is a mammal. That's a lizard. That's an amphibian. Like that is the point at which we start digging deeper into different forms of reality. So next step is basically the whole process happens within the notion itself. So like the notion that I am human, that first goes to the broadest notion possible, which is I am a living thing, and then classifies myself as a human, and then a, a mammal, and then a human, and then whatever else you want to classify. So now we're going to get a little bit into the dialectic method. So to start out with the dialectic method, you need a thesis or an idea. So say I was going to make blue cookies. They're pretty great, right? Well, now an antithesis, an antithesis is going to pop up. Like, I don't like blue cookies. Or what if we made orange cookies? That is an antithesis, which is basically a complete objection and basically the exact opposite of the original thesis. So after some time, there will be formed a synthesis. So this synthesis is like a contract or a treaty between the antithesis and the thesis. So those parts of those two things will come together to form the synthesis. So maybe we would make part orange cookies, part blue cookies, or we would just make regular cookies, or we would make purple cookies. Who knows? There are all these ways to make cookies. So after the synthesis, this synthesis then turns into a new thesis, which can then basically synthesis and new thesis are pretty much the same thing. So we are now call calling the synthesis a new thesis which can be opposed by an antithesis, an, an antithesis, which will then rise to a synthesis. And this will go on and on and on for all of eternity until we reach Geist. So basically, Zeitgeist is the spirit of the age. So each thing exists within an age. So Geist is more mental than spirit, more spiritual than mind, so there isn't a great English translation for it. So, basically, Geist means that everything will be at peace and there will be absolute perfection. So there will be no arguments, no antithesis. I? Antithesis I? Maybe? I really can't imagine another word for it, so yeah. There will be no more thesis. Thesi? Theses? I don't even know. So there will be no more of that. Uh-uh. Just everyone will be at peace and in agreement. So basically, he was then named state philosopher of Prussia because he believed that the Prussian government was Geist, where everything was perfect. Kind of a suck-up, if you ask me. <laughs> so basically... His philosophy had Christian aspects because he was very much a Christian believer. So, 
these like geist would be like how in the bible it states that once once all of mankind is like transitioned to christianity converted to christianity then there will be ultimate peace everyone will there will be paradise that is basically what geist is so he was impacted by heraclitus also known as the weeping philosopher who jumped into a volcano um aristotle spinoza schelling and comte can't imagine why um he then influenced Otto von Bismarck, Marx, like Karl Marx, like communist Karl Marx, and Sartre, I believe it's pronounced. And then his important writings were the Phenomenology of Spirit, which was published in 1807, The Science of Logic, which was published, it was like in the publishing process from 1812 to 1816. And then the Encyclopedia of Philosophical Sciences, which was published in 1817. So yeah, I can't really think of anything else to say about Hegel. There's not really anything else you need to know. I mean, yeah. Adios.